This podcast is an examination of the historical research of William Branham and his message cult following. William Branham was a minister in the gambling town of Jeffersonville, Indiana, just across the river from Louisville, Kentucky, as early as 1933. He came in contact with the Reverend Roy E. Davis, an official spokesperson for the 1915 Ku Klux Klan, and later Imperial Grand Dragon of the Ku Klux Klan. Davis introduced Branham to the Pentecostal faith and the art of faith healing, which would later be introduced into Branham's stage persona as he took his place among the evangelists in the post-World War II healing revival. Branham is credited by some as being a catalyst for the Latter Rain Movement and Jim Jones of People's Temple. This podcast is not sympathetic to the views of the Ku Klux Klan that William Branham held, but it is disturbing and warrants research. This podcast is an examination of that research. You can find more about this research and other topics on the website william-branham.org. Join us as we turn back the pages of time and examine the controversial issues of William Branham and his message. Every parent wants what is best for their children. To see their child grow and mature into adulthood is a blessing that God gave us. For the hunter, there's nothing that makes a man happier than to watch his child tagging his first deer. They'd love to give their boy the best rifle, the best pickup truck, or other equipment to help them become even a better hunter than themselves. Yet, when their children are small, they'd never let them touch a rifle. Their toddler would never be given keys to a vehicle and knives would be kept up on shelves. As the toddler grows to adolescence, the hunter starts to introduce the boy or the girl into, into these things, but they're still not fully entrusting the child with all the dangers of the hunting equipment. Why? Because the parent knows that the child must learn and grow. The child must mature into an adult on his or her own, learning through experience. The same can apply with other types of parents. Artists, for instance, would never give toddlers expensive paints. Musicians would never take a $5,000 Martin guitar and let their toddler play with it and stand on the neck. Carpenters would never give a power saw to the child. Mechanics would never give air tools. In human life, as a whole, we realize that there is a process that must take place to grow, a rite of passage, if you will. In the spiritual world, it's much the same. God did not give Moses the law of grace. He wanted to show mankind how sinful they were through the Mosaic Law. God did not entrust Adam with the Mosaic Law. Adam was likely not ready. God wanted all of these things for his children. But God knew that if we were to experience such a blessing from him sending his son, the entire human race would have to experience these things and grow into maturity. 
when Jesus sent out the first con converts to start spreading the good news, he did not give them everything that would be coming. In fact, he told them that there would be a time when they would do much greater than they were experiencing because Jesus was going to the Father, and the Father would soon be sending the Holy Spirit. Even now, we are experiencing growth. As Christians, we're looking forward to the day of the Lord that is coming. We know that one day we will see Christ face to face. In reading the Bible, I for one can say that there's not really a better way. God has the perfect plan for the church. And all of these things work together seamlessly for our good. We would not want to skip the Mosaic Law. How would we know how sinful we were if not for the law? How would we truly appreciate what Christ did for us on the cross? Yet we find that William Branham did not think that God's perfect plan was adequate. He thought there was a better way. On multiple occasions, William Branham, on his own authority, offered salvation to specific individuals. Branham allowed them to bypass the cross. He himself bypassed the cross of Jesus Christ, telling others that their children would be saved for one reason or another. My family is an example of exactly this. All of my grandfather's children, according to William Branham, all of them would be saved. Simply because my grandfather knew a man, William Branham, they would be saved. My aunts and uncles were granted free tickets to heaven, salvation. One of the family members is hidden from all the people. Nobody must know that one of his children was granted salvation from William Branham and yet knows that the message is wrong. What a shock that would ripple out through the entire message world to know that one of these children that William Branham said would be saved knows that the message is false. I personally have witnessed my aunt being hidden from the local church during a wedding anniversary. My grandfather not wanting his congregation to see that William Branham was wrong about one of his, one of his children who was offered free salvation, free ticket to heaven. The strange part is, in her case, in her specific case, I'm not so sure William Branham was wrong. She doesn't believe the message, but she has more grace and more compassion than any of the other siblings. She has more Christ in her life than most of the congregation. Yet, she does not believe the message. It's a paradox. She has cut hair, and William Branham said, Under thus saith the Lord, God won't even hear her prayer. Yet, I watch her prayers being answered. The same thing happened in the commune that Gene and Leo, the homosexual tape boys, set up in Prescott, Arizona. A family there was granted the same thing for their children. 
eternal salvation just because they knew William Branham. But then these two perverted pastors committed horrendous atrocities to almost all of the children in that commune. One of the children, a victim of this message, was sentenced to death row for crimes that would make the entire group of escapees keep silent. The problem with this is the silence. Not from the victim and their families. They should never have to talk with this. They should never even have to deal with this. They're victims as well. But I'm talking about from the pastors who know about it. From the organization headquarters itself that keeps silent on this entire situation why keep it silent? There, these things are repeated in other message communes around the world and even on a much smaller scale repeated by the members of the cult churches themselves. I personally have received letters and messages from victims from other pastors from song leaders, from deacons, and more. Abuse absolutely runs rampant in this cult, and it's brushed under the table. The elders hide it from the people. Why do we see this? In my opinion, it's because the message of William Branham is an attempt to bypass the salvation, the plan that was laid by Jesus Christ. If you believe the message, there's a much easier way to grow to spiritual maturity. All you have to do is believe that William Branham was a prophet. There's no need to study your Bible. He's already done it for you. Just listen to the tapes. He'll interpret it for you. You don't even have to fellowship with worldly churches. They're all going to be here when that great tent meeting comes when that rusty bucket of bolts airplane and the dead pilot carries the dead prophet around the world we're gonna be gone they're gonna still be here because they don't believe the prophet a much better way to salvation they claim this is in direct conflict with John 6 in the Bible it says, when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they got themselves into boats and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? And Jesus answered them, Truly I say unto you, you are not seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill from the loaves. They were hungry. Do not work for food that perishes. For the food that endures to eternal life, which is the Son of Man, will give you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Now this is Jesus Christ we're speaking of. On Jesus Christ God has set his seal, not a prophet. Then they said to him, what, what must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered, this is the work of God that you believe him. And you believe in him who he has sent. They wanted to turn bread, to create bread themselves. They wanted to do signs and wonders. And Jesus said, no. The work of God is believing. Not believing in a prophet, believing in Jesus Christ. And I can already hear that message programming kicking in in your minds. 
you believe in him who he has sent. But remember, this is Jesus Christ. This is not William Branham. You must believe in Jesus Christ. <laughs> so they said to him, What sign do you do that we may see and believe you? Or what work do you perform? Our fathers ate manna in the wilderness. And as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. They were persistent. Jesus said unto them, Truly, truly, I say unto you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven. Let me reread that. Jesus is speaking of the prophet Moses. Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say unto you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father who gives you true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said, <clears throat> they said, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus was speaking to himself. But he was also teaching them a lesson. He wanted to help them. They wanted him to make bread, but Jesus wanted them to grow spiritually, not physically. There was a better bread that they should be seeking. Jesus said unto them, I, Jesus, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me, in Jesus, shall not thirst. But I say to you, you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. Like many in the message today, they were seeking after a sign. Not just seeking, they wanted to do the sign for themselves. Jesus said simply, believe in me. He says, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never, never cast out. This breaks a lot of message theology. Because there are Christians who have given their hearts and souls to the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And they get tricked into this message cult. And they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and then they realize how many times William Branham lied. And they leave, still believing in Jesus Christ, but they are condemned to hell because they knew the prophet, and then they denied what the people in the cult called the truth. Yet, still believe in Jesus Christ. I myself am, am an example of this. There is no greater power, no greater authority, nobody in heaven or earth that should be served except for Jesus Christ. Jesus said, All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him, the Father, who sent me. And this is the will of him who has sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son, Jesus Christ, and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up in the last day. Now did you notice who Jesus said that we should believe in to gain eternal life? It wasn't a prophet. Jesus said that everyone, everyone,
who believed on the Son of God, Jesus Christ, will receive eternal life. Everyone. So the Jews grumbled about him, because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he say that I've come down from heaven? And Jesus answered, Do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me. Let me repeat that. Unless the Father in heaven who sent me, Jesus Christ, draws him. And I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Not they will all be taught by the prophet. Now notice, Jesus said, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And tell me, did Jesus just say no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him? Uh, oh, and if a prophet tells them that they will be saved because they were kind to that prophet. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Branham tells the story of the sons of Hattie Wright. It's a very similar story to the others we've been telling. She complimented the prophet. He, he told her, like a genie from a bottle, that he would grant her a wish. Any wish. Just rub the prophet's belly. Sounds like. He did not say rub the prophet's belly. In 1960, he says this. About that time, the power of God struck that place. I never felt such an anointing. When it did, I said, Hattie, thus saith the Lord. All of you who believe that all of the nonsense that William Branham taught, except for thus saith the Lord, listen to this one. Thus saith the Lord, ask what you will. I don't care what it is. God gave me the authority to give your heart's desire right now. If you ask for a million dollars, you can have it. Ask for that little crippled girl to get up and walk. She can have it. Ask for anything. Make a wish. Any wish. God does not offer salvation from genie prophets telling you to avoid the bottle. <laughs> no man comes to the Father but by me, Jesus Christ. Jesus said, or the Bible says in John, and continues, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father, comes to me, Jesus Christ. Not that anyone has seen the Father, except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly I, truly I say unto you, whoever believes has eternal life. I, I can hear that message programming kicking in. Whoever believes. But this is not whoever believes in a cult. This is whoever believes in Jesus Christ. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate man in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread. I, Jesus Christ, am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for life of the world is my flesh. He offered himself as the sacrifice. He didn't offer wishes to be given from a prophet. 
As Christians, we should ask ourselves, when we were programmed by this false teaching called the message, were we trying to bypass spiritual salvation? Did we really think that there's a much better plan of salvation than the one that was laid by Jesus Christ? Do we really think that knowing or believing some prophet is better than the Son of God coming down to the earth and dying on the cross for us? Which is better? Would you want your salvation because you complimented some little prophet who's just a man? Or would you want God to be involved in your salvation? How much of the message itself is just a get-rich scheme? And I'm not talking with just the founding fathers who all got wealthy. I'm talking about the congregation. How many see the message as a way to get rich quick by bypassing spiritual salvation and getting a faster way to the riches and glory? It's an easy road. All you have to do is believe a prophet. Sure, you read your Bible, but you don't need to study it. You don't need to become intimate with the Word because he's already explained the Word for you. Just stick in a tape and press play and lullaby yourself to sleep. How many of you, after hearing the truth and seeing the truth and learning the truth, and seeing how the Bible conflicts with practically every single doctrine of William Branham, how many want to stay with the get-rich scheme? How many want to get rich quick and bypass salvation to get riches and glory? I'll let you decide.